like so between September of 2001 and April of 2003, it was trainer deploy, trainer deploy. Um, and I did a, like a, a professional development course I had to go in between. Like it was extremely busy, man. Like I had no idea. It was like it was just going from from 97 to 01, just a constant RS cycle where, you know, train up your R&R for F1. So you're not really doing a lot of outside um, Fort Benning training. So you're, you're just uh, sitting in Fort Benning doing local ranges. If you're right. like enough to get a gunship kind of Coolidge, that's cool. Um, then you go to a less restrictive cycle and that's just repeated for like years and years and years. And all of a sudden uh, the war kicks off and then, I don't. I was honest. I definitely was uh, gone more than I was uh, home, which was fine. I wasn't married at the time. I didn't have a girlfriend. Sure. Um, I was stupid enough to get a dog. I don't know why I got a dog. <laughs> yeah, but I, I gave it to a, I gave it to another uh, buddy with the family, uh, so that worked out for the dog. Nice. Um, so yeah, I was just gone all the time. Um, so yeah, between September two thousand one, April two thousand three, um, my last deployment with the regiment, it was like just deployed, gone. Because so. Get back January 2002, JRTC in March. You know, we had, you know, we had leave and then train up for JRTC, JRTC, prep for the next appointment. Um, I had to go to BNOC at the time, which uh, it's called something else now, like or leadership course phase two or something yeah, like yeah. that. I don't know, but it's like for the army, it's for like an E6 on professional development. So I had to go to BNOC like in uh, May, June out in Fort Sill. So the company already deployed without me. Not, not say without me, but the company deployed. A couple yeah. of us, I think Josh Thomas, he uh, stayed back too because uh, his wife was pregnant and she okay. gave birth around that time. So there's a few of us like on rear D caught um, flights uh, a few weeks after the company and then met up with them in Asadabad. So I got to Asadabad June of 2002. We were there through uh, September, October. Um, that was a fun deployment. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's where... Uh, was with us most of the time um q was in and out of there a lot of guys uh hank house was there okay yep um was billy there i think billy otter was there i know billy did the jump with me with us okay. in her in uh in iraq um but okay. we had at that time i think that might have started the process where we had a jzac with every platoon like yeah. every every time a platoon went out the wire um there was a jtac in that patrol nice yeah so you guys were just ran ragged definitely. didn't billy otter go with us a couple times like when we did those rat that rat patrol thing i thought that he was out or he he either he was with us or he we met like a, a, a 130 would land out in the middle of the desert and billy would get off and then we'd do something or i can't he was there he was around sometime i, I just can't remember when it was but anyway but yeah so yeah, yeah so that, uh, that's when i met mark first met mark foster she was in sahabad okay uh, yeah <laughs> Uh, I'm not gonna rag up now. Uh, so that was that was that was good for me. Um, we were in a sodbot the entire time up until yeah. we had to drive back to Bath and then just redeploy from there. It was awesome. It was just our company out there. Um, I guess keep actually, I met, I met, I met uh, Master Arnt, uh, at the time Master Lundquist out there because we oh, had okay. we had uh, special mission units roll in and out. You know, from there right, right. we had a ODA stay with us for a little bit. In Asadabad, okay. that's where I met Lunk. He was supporting an ODA uh, team right, there. Yep. Um, had an RD team uh, come rolling it out at that time. I think they were there for the majority of the time we were there. They were there with us too. Nice. Um, so that was a fun deployment. Um, that was 
way more kinetic than the last one for sure. Really? Especially for, especially for yeah, uh, Billy and Q and everybody. Yeah. Um, and patrols were, yeah, it, it was fun. Like, do you have any specific things that, uh, come to mind at the, um, running, the run together? A lot of times yeah. will, um, you, it, when you get after it so much in a certain location, it all kind of runs together. So it just seems like, yeah, we were, we were running and gunning the whole time, but having specific instances or it's kind of hard to come up with, but you know, no, there was you two, yeah, there, uh, just two that, um, stick out one because i we've i don't I, I can say i and i think all of us on that patrol at that time we were coming back and none of us have seen for some reason the road exploded in front of us we're like the hell just happened <laughs> like <laughs> apparently you know it, you know it was our first instance with with you know ieds uh that was right, in right. You know, the summer of 2002 like we never prepared I, uh the only intel we got was because we were running like just gutted um Humvees, we'd like ditch the RSOVs. Right. They weren't applicable at that time. Uh, Humvees, yeah, the RSOVs wouldn't work out there because they yeah, no tires. Yeah, the terrain was uh, too bad. Rolling tires, everything. Um, so we're, we're just running gutted, up arm, uh, plated. Anyways, I want to say up armored Humvees, like the the um, they had you know diamond planning in the back, but we windshields but are gone. Like a birdcage. I mean, you're yes. just like windshields no are gone, doors were gone. Um, yeah. no rear. You know, it was it was just an open truck all the yeah. way around. Um, and so, and I remember, you know, uh, any like Intel threats, we updates we get, it was, be, and I assume it's because we were rolling around in those open vehicles. It was like, as you, as you know, they were said, be prepared, you know, as you roll through, uh, like a sodabot proper when we got actually got into town, obviously we had to slow down. So we didn't run over everybody. Um, right. as we we're going through the market, like just eyes up. Cause you know, we got, um, uh, you know, hits of, Maybe they'll try and reach in, either grab a weapon or you yourself and drag you out. So we're eyes up on that. And, but I never recall ever like having intel about IEDs. Just it wasn't right. a thing then. Yep. So we're coming back yeah, from like, all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, like the road just exploded. Like, that's a thing. Um, yeah. We don't have that. So, uh, that, and then it was, so we're there. Um, it disabled one vehicle, zero injuries. Thank God. I don't know how that happened. Um, uh, but, you know, found the command wire and just, there was a town as we're, you know, you're limited to where you can drive out there. Sure. Um, Cause I think Sadabad became like fob right or something like that eventually. But it's not back in the day. It was so very few um, avenues approach you can go. So, you know, you found, you know, they um, found the command wire that uh, deaded it and ran it to a town down the valley. Um, uh, and I think Sergeant Major Birch was with us for that um, that incident. So he knew what to do, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they get back to base. And then the other one that I recollect was, uh, you know, I, I was still the company FSNCO at that time. So I had, you know, there were platoon JTACs, there were platoon FOs, there were platoon FO RTOs. So like as a platoon or as a company, FSNCO, I didn't really like, I, we had an FSO at that time, thank God, uh, Russ Ripiso. Um, yep. So he would be with the command element, wherever Captain Ryan would go, he'd tag along. I usually was with XO um, with the uh, other CP um, and XO didn't really go out that much. So I would, whenever my guys needed a break um, from going, uh, I was like, Hey man, let me, you, you need a break. Let me go. <laughs> like you don't want to take the spot. So luckily I went out, um, I went out with third platoon, uh, with, uh, 
Gian Bostic. Um, and again, we're coming back, just it was patrol. We're going out to an area, just really, it was honestly at those at that time, man, it was like, uh, patrol, like we were just patrolling, hoping for a contact. And then we engaged. There were, um, like H HVTs that we would go after, or at least go down the areas that we knew. Hopefully, we can kick something off. If not, we at least gather some kind of intel and sure. come back. Um, and the way back of that one, um, we just, um, were engaged from across the river. Um, and so for some reason, did we have, yeah, it was just me. I didn't, so we didn't have, FO, we didn't have an art, uh, the FO out there, Thomas, um, or there wasn't a, uh, JTAC at the time either. So it was just me on the patrol. So I was like, sweet. Um, we just took a little bit of gunfire, um, from across the river. Um, so I, you know, dismounted, started running up, trying to get my antenna up and everything like that. Cause, uh, we're getting classes and, you know, just get up on, uh, I didn't know it was jarring then, but, you know, just get up on this freak, call right, this right. person, see what they can give you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I did that, but uh, like by the time, uh, something came over, like it was just sporadic shot. Um, they stopped this, I think that's all they wanted to do. And then, yeah. you know, the 50 cal and the Mark 19 engage. And I think that just made it move on. So I didn't get to do anything then, but just the, the pops and the whizzes and the cracks are always, you know, disconcerting. I know. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, it's, it's cool. You know, you think you're about to do your job and then you don't. Right. That, that's um, the bigger letdown than getting shot. Yeah, like, oh, exactly. yeah, yeah. The other time um, during that deployment, um, our XO, Paul Karen, um, he and I were, so I told you about this, like a, we did our recce mission uh, in yeah. downtown Asadabad. So there was um, a target in Asadabad that uh, they needed intel on just of this compound. Like, uh, can a Humvee fit down this alleyway? Um, what does the gate look like? Is the lock on the inside or outside? How high are the walls? Blah, blah, blah. Stuff yeah. I like just seemed like a salute report back in the day, you know? Um, sure. as you're walking, but they were like, well, obviously you can't make it too obvious, um, uh, that, you know, we sent a bunch, you know, we didn't really walk around the town anyways. We always drove through to go to another area. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're like, I don't know whose idea it was, but Paul came up to me, he threw me, uh, a man dress and he was like, Hey man, put this on. You and I are jumping in the Hilux with the two Terps. And we're driving to Sadabad. Oh my like, god! <laughs> basically, because we're the two like tall, skinny, brown guys, not too right. dark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. You guys fit the profile. Yeah. Yeah. Just, at first, at, yeah. at just a glance, you're yes. good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, don't you don't talk to anybody or anything. No, no, definitely not. Uh, so I was like, "What do I do?" He goes, "Just hold my hand while we're walking." That's what they do. I was like, "Okay." I was like, "How do I hide my M4?" He goes, "No, we're not taking M4. Just take your M9." I was like with my holster he goes no if you just wear here's some 550 and tie it around your waist you know i was like oh my god this is so stupid i'm gonna die <laughs> i'm gonna die uh but it, i mean it just it went without um incident we rolled down with the um the turps and then uh you know parked away from where we were walking walked through uh god it was i felt trying to be nonchalant but like how do you do that oh my god I bet, you know you you think it's it's cool but it's yeah. also like man i get smoked anytime right now you know or just yeah. get rolled up yeah. or you know like I, my I'm, head cut off on cnn or what 
and, and like I'm walking, like I've never walked with my, uh, you know, because uh, all I had was 550 tied around my waist and snugly, so my Beretta could, fit, you know, get in there. But I knew, like, if I walk at my normal pace, it's gonna either slip out or something. So I like I'm trying to shuffle, but not look like it was just it was a yeah, it was just, yeah. It was it was funny, <laughs> but after the fact, but. Yeah, yeah, isn't it, yeah. None of that stuff that were funny at the time, but yeah, after, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and was, the worst part was like he got he got the cool he got the shepherd's hat like, oh yeah, masculine hat, and I had like the little square cap. Probably meant like oh, I was okay. a schoolboy or something like that. So it was I'll send you the picture, man. It was funny. I want to see it. Yes. <laughs> so that went without, and then you know we came back, talked to Captain Ryan, and gave him the info, and the hit never ended up happening. There's a there's a lot of potentials um during that deployment some panned out some didn't yeah um but it was still like just the constant patrols that went on um not all saw action not all gone engaged but more often than not they did and the actual assault about itself too like one night we uh, came under attack um and that night like i want to say it was billy that was working uh eight tens on the ridge line like to the uh, the rivers to the south to the north of us um yeah so that was cool but, they like shooting rockets uh, at the base. Yeah, this, uh, shot rockets. Uh, the whole time, up until this night, um, you know, daytime activities as normal. At night, headlamps, red light, or nothing. Um, there was, uh, you know, a curtain over the cop or over the CP. So you walked in, you know, you the light wouldn't shine out in the um, into the courtyard area. So. Yeah. But for this night, he's uh, he decided, like, for some reason, we can have a barbecue. And so there was, like, so the cooks were, like, cooking up hot dogs and steak. And it was the first, like, non-emory meal we've had in a while. Um, it was after the 4th. So maybe that was a wheel because we didn't really get to celebrate the 4th. Um, you know, and there was, like, one or two, not full of spotlights, um, but, you know, just outdoor lights that we had so the coast can see what they were doing and guys can shuffle through and grab their food and you just let your guard down for you know five minutes and that happens oh, thanks, yeah. and two rockets right oh, so look if yeah if they aimed any better because we were all around the cp um there's yeah as soon as and they were airburst like as soon as we heard the whistle like it was like trays were getting flipped guys were hitting the ground <laughs> I was talking to, I think, Chuck Everett afterwards. He's like, man, I saw your plate hit. I was like, I reached over to try your safer hot dog. <laughs> He's like, I'm not letting that thing go. He goes, you're a fool to drop your plate. Uh, <laughs> you're like, you yeah. to the bunker. Or you yeah. to get your like, I'm not going to let this go to waste. But yeah, it's, and that's the thing, too. Like, after that happened, we're, you know, just ranged panties and brown T-shirts and boots. And guys just grabbed body armor, threw it on, got in the trucks, rolled into town um and brought some people back to um uh that stayed you know that later shipped off the bath i think so yeah it was it was that was another yeah another cool thing to happen i guess nice yeah yeah it's funny how you yeah once you you get that false sense of security sometimes uh just because you're there for so like it's i don't know what you call it I, there's a name for it but you just get day in and day out it's the same thing and nothing happens and you get you're used to it and then when something and then when something does happen, it's like very catastrophic because you're not, yeah. you just haven't been ready for it. Yeah. But well, I'm glad nobody got hurt. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah. During that deployment, uh, like the biggest, uh, I know some of the guys at Mark, I talked about it too. Like 
malaria just hit the company hard. Yeah. Like dudes were, one guy came back, didn't know he had it, um, went to pre-ranger after deployment. Um, and in pre-ranger was like during the, I think five mile run or 12 mile rock was just, he was just like powering his, his way through it. Like, he's like, I am not, not going through pre-ranger and not, not going through range school to the point where he passed out. And I think he had kidney issues for the rest of his career. Cause like, he didn't know he had malaria. Like he was, and he thought he just had the flu. He's like, that's cool. I can, you know, whatever. It's a flu. Um, Hank house got super sick wire out there. Oh, did he? Um, yeah. Uh, bunch of guys got sick out there and, yeah, and, and post deployment too. Actually, I think post deployment was worse because it was hitting guys. Um, it hit me after Iraq. Um, so almost a year after we got back, uh, Yes, yeah. So you think so you got hit with you think you got hit with malaria while in Afghanistan, rotated back, deployed to Iraq, and then it, it took that long to kind of get through your system. Yeah, because I don't remember being um, outside of like, uh, well, like we'll get to it later. But like when I when when Alpha Company finally got to the dam after you know everything Beacon went through, um, I was able to, we were able to finally wash ourselves, and it was in. Haditha Dam, which was cool, but oh, yeah. um, but just the way from the Asadabad deployment, like that SF team that was there, uh, before them, we were just showering with water bottles um, when we could, or it, I think it only rained once or twice while we were there. Um, yeah. and so if it rained and we happened to be on Asadabad, we were, you know, just ran out and lathered up real quick and rinsed off in the rain. Um, but the, the engineer, uh, I think gave us like right behind our, I don't want to call them tents. They were like old canopies that we propped up with uh, posts. So it was like an open, open tent living area, just caught under a tarp really. And behind us, the uh, engineer dude, he set up like four shower heads for us. He ran, well, he helped the locals run wire or wire water and everything like that. So it was really just like gravity fed water. Uh -huh. um, but so we were like, cool, we got showers. Um, but like, I didn't see it myself, but the story was like guys were patrolling, running down um, on patrol, leaving the gate, uh, went up, drive towards Asadabad, and that's where the water would come from. And they were like, they thought it was a rock uh, in the stream, but for some reason, somebody, somebody went up and looked at it. It was like, is a dead bloated donkey? Oh, that man. just like lost all this. <laughs> so that oh, was beaten into the shower. So me i could put two and two together and realize how yeah, guys I don't know. man you're lucky that's all you guys got I mean, yeah, I know. Anything. Oh. yeah so that was that um so yeah that was uh that was that was that that was a fun deployment though as yeah. definitely higher pace than the first deployment way higher paced For sure. um not as you know, connect as everybody hoped it would be, you know, but yeah. still it was, it was starting to progress that way as, as you know, as stupid as that sounds like people were starting to, I mean, that's what you do. You want to get in the fight. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, it well, was you're, starting, there for a you're there to do a job. Yeah. We're not there to, and, you know, it's frustrating when you're, you, you keep going out, you keep going out and there's no, you don't, you're, there's no result. There's no, yeah. you, know, you want that, uh, yeah. You want some sort of end state. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So that's why I think so that night we got rocketed because of the barbecue. Um, when guys rolled out to that town, they were super aggressive. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. when they rolled and they brought the guys back, there was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was good.
How dare they interrupt that barbecue? Don't they know yeah, they're yeah. Americans? Yeah. <laughs> barbecue is sacred. <laughs> All right. So that was, was that your last um, OEF deployment before Iraq? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For third battalion, it was. Um, so we got back um, in September, uh, early October of 2002. Went on leave, came back. And then like the rumblings of uh, Iraq started, you know, happening. Um, since we had leave after deployment, we didn't get leave over Christmas. We all stayed around. We pretty much started, it almost seemed inevitable, just started prepping for Iraq, honestly. Yeah. Um, spent, and it got in full swing in January, especially I remember watching in Sergeant G's office, like watching Colin Powell at the UN, you know, bring out the vials. And we're like, all right, well, man. So it, yeah. it was like full on uh, prepping for uh, um, Iraq at that point. And then uh, so Colonel Bannock was a third battalion commander. I don't know why uh, we always got the jumps um, or why we jumped. Sometimes you, you wonder, like, was yeah, the like jump, who, was the jump, are, are all these jumps necessary? Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, right. So, but uh, we're, you know, tagged in for newer jumping in. Um, so we did a lot of, it's kind of like, you know, like the Somalia guys, like they knew it was happening. It was just a matter of when, and before right. they even left for Somalia, they were doing all sorts of projects. Like they go out to Fort Hood to mock-ups and train there. They, you know, sure, back sure. in Benning. So that's kind of where it was. Like we would just like, I remember, you know, yeah, it was man, like walk through dry run, dry yeah. night. So that's what it was for day live, night live. Yes, yeah. So I remember we they set up a mock up over by Fryer. It wasn't on Fryer. It was like a small strip outside of Fryer Field, um, and we literally just walked through phase by phase, piece by piece of the jump uh, into Iraq, which eventually be H one. Um, you know, they had the engineer tape out. Uh, yeah, yeah. At, you know, this phase, you know, I'll, you know, these are the assets. This is the task conditions. Like. But that's what we did. Like we walked through step by step as we would with an MLAT, you know, it wasn't any sure. different, which is the whole point of, you know, like an MLAT is feels like that because that is what we're going to do. And guess what? That is what we did. Exactly. So it was, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, we say like, you know, Rhino was like an MLAT. This was like an MLAT. It's like, that's, that's the whole point. That's why we do yeah. this stuff because it, if, that way, when you get there, it's not new. It's like, yeah. Now what do exactly. we do? It's like, no, I know what to do. I know exactly, you know, I know go over here and I link up here and I do this. Yeah. 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 Make it second nature kind of. Yep. Yep. So I remember we did that in January, February, uh, or really January of 03. And then for like the live walkthrough, we jumped into uh, Holland, DZ, uh, on Fort Bragg. It's a huge one out in the yeah. western uh, part of the, the Fort Bragg ranges. Um, so yeah, we jumped to Holland, um, and then just you know did that. We we're there. For, honestly, um, it wasn't MLAT ish. It was just jump assemble, um, and then because we on the actual jump, we had engineers with us from 82nd Engineer Company with uh, heavy equipment. Um, we eventually had like a Navy EOD with us, um, so that jump with us. So we just, it was really just bringing all the pieces together do an actual jump, see if it all would work out. And then, uh, so I was still company F Sensio at the time. Uh, Paul Karen was still the XO. Captain Ryan was still the commander and Russ, uh, was still the FSO. And remember, uh, 
while we were waiting on Holland, um, we are running piece by piece through everything. Uh, Paul Karen, his dad, um, I don't know if you knew this, like his dad was Sergeant Major of uh, the unit. Oh, I didn't. Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but at this time, his dad had retired and is that actually, you know what? His dad was actually a guest speaker, I like, think, before he retired at one of our Ranger Balls. Oh, and, yeah. like, and if you look at him, he's the most unassuming dude. You Like, no Ranger tab, no SF long tab. Um, obviously, you know, he's uh, airborne, free fall, everything. Um, but just an unassuming dude, small, not, not not a big friend guy. Yeah, Paul, I guess Paul's not – he's yeah. unassuming as well. I mean, he was a yeah. kind of smaller dude. So – He's given it, you know, he's he's the guest speaker at one of our Ranger Balls. And I don't think he was a soft spoken guy as well. And I don't think anybody actually knew, like, like paid either paid attention or knew like how badass this guy was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is even more badass than a regular yeah. badass. So while we're on Holland, um, Paul goes, Hey man, uh, why don't you come with me? Um, are you hungry? I was like, Yeah, I'm hungry. Uh he goes, Come with me. And then so we started walking away from the CP and to the edge of the um, to the edge of Holland, there's like a little mount complex there. Yeah. Um, and there's this little, like, I don't know, it was a Nissan or Ford or Ford or Nissan or Tacoma, like small ones, you know, not like a, um, not an extra cab or just single cab Tacoma, not even a four by four, just a two wheel, two wheel yeah. drive. Yeah. Um, and he goes, oh, come on, let's get in. He goes, this is my dad. Uh, he was like, his dad at that time was like the, like the safety guy over there, you know? Still working over there, but uh, so his dad drove us onto the compound and then like brought us to the chow hall while we're in while we're in J list and our you know our our pro mass is flopping at our side. (laughs) Yeah, he got his chow and that's awesome. Brought me and uh Paul back to the DZ after that, and then I think that night or early the next morning, we you know uh uh broke down and then loaded up and headed back to Benning. That was pretty funny. That's awesome. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I was, I was, well, I was obviously like a total fish out of water. I had no idea what like I'm going to get like either yelled at because I'm here or <laughs> like people are going to look at me like I'm crazy. They were all cool. Yeah. They just sat down. It's so amazing. It, uh, yeah. I have very, very, a very small uh, interaction, a very small exposure to it, but it's from what I have seen and what I've been, you know, done there. It's just amazing. It's like the, yeah coolest place i mean and i can imagine why people would want to go there and work you know that's yeah, a, it seems like a, a phenomenal place to be yeah yeah so that, that was it that was super interesting and then uh like i said uh back to reality we got back you know back to benning and then just um when we deployed uh we were lucky enough to not go to i think because alpha company as a whole was at asadabad while the rest of the battalion at that time was at Bath, living, oh. I won't say well, but living better than open air tarps and, you know, cots right. um, and shit water. So uh, yes. I was back in the thought about it too, just like, just even, not even thinking about it, like it, totally normal. Like uh, our latrine, open air, diesel cans with plywood and, uh, you know, just a toilet seat and, you know, cut out and then toilet seat place on it. It was like nothing. Yeah. But just thinking about it, it's like how you know it was like it, I'm it was, telling you, man, the, the early days of that invade that of the war, if you were at an outstation, you were not you were sucking. I mean, you yeah. were not living well. I mean, I used to, I spent some time in Skin and 
um, you know, at, uh, you know, like Organy or any of those places, mm. it was like that. It was like, you had to, you had to just figure it out. You had to like, you know, burn your own, burn your own crap. Yeah. That was a daily detail. Like, so, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. It, I mean, it just had to be done. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, living conditions. so I, I think the, um, because Alphacombe was out there the, the entirety of that second appointment, um, prior, you know, we, um, Got to stay on PSAB, uh, Prince Sultan Air Base, I believe it was called. Okay. Uh, uh, while the rest of the time was like at some austere place, like oh, just really? I heard it was horrible, like <laughs> the winds, the sand, it was horrible. So we were living oh. fairly large prior to the jump, I will say, nice. like for what it was. I remember Billy getting, and Trent Joy was with us then too. Um, oh, okay, I'm done with the suit. Uh, Billy somehow getting hands on like an up armored like caddy or something like that i think it was just and we, he'd take us to the jowl once in a while but <laughs> he was just like a hoopty that was just like heavy it was like dropped to the ground so it was so yeah. <laughs> and the, and the glass and everything and so it was funny um yeah so uh we were lucky enough to be there um and again it felt like we were there for weeks just either refining planning or scrapping planning for something bigger which didn't happen thank god like the actual jump onto uh 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 baghdad international never happened thank god but that was a plan that was going forward that was going to be a red metal plus jump um don't you think that would have been brutal uh, that oh, seems like god. it would have been like just kind of a lot of maybe alone going into like that would have been i yeah yeah i i but like they say, you know, like the acceptable casualty rate is like 30% or something like that. Just, you know, hearing that alone, it's like, holy. Yeah. And you definitely probably, like, probably would have sustained that. Oh, easily. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And probably why you didn't do it, frankly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I, mean, yeah, I, I was I, like, Man of Brothers is one of my favorite series ever. Um, just knowing. Even they probably even have worse um, casualty percentages uh, going into what they did, and I was like, "Man, there's obviously, yeah, yeah, never will ever compare to anything like that." Uh, but that's what. But that's kind of like not not to say that we. But it, it makes me think. Like I don't know. It, did, it was obviously if we were told to do it, I was like we had, we would we would do it. Sure. Um, but like, is the just the way even you know 20 it's been 20 years now like is do people not want to see that you know like yeah that many. I, mean, well, I would venture to say that even when they did it back in you know world war ii it yeah. probably wasn't necessary to take that kind of risk they were probably yeah. just like we're we need to do this mass force like doing it. yeah yeah, yeah. they were they, they didn't take any consideration soldiers lives as much as we do now which yeah. so that's you know so that Yes, those guys are heroes, and uh, you know I have the utmost respect for them. But their leadership at the time probably wasn't didn't have their best interest in mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, whereas we, when we were there, we were we had the luxury of having guys that were they were hard chargers, but they were also like, look, I don't want to get a bunch of rangers killed either, or I don't want to yeah. get a bunch. You know, so they were like, let's. They had to temper the plan to be like, yes, we're going to kick kick ass, but we also want to keep our guys alive. So you know they had to, which is how it, you know the the h1 thing probably came to fruition yeah so. yeah so i think that was the plan always so they obviously buy up scaled down back to the originality so h1 was going on um i uh was it seco or bico was hitting 
not simultaneous, but around the, you know, it was going to be another jump with, I believe, Charlie Company again or Bravo Company um, on H3. Um, but yeah, ALF Company plus an 82nd Engineer Company plus um, a team of Navy EOD dudes. Um, and then other strap hangers, you know. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, so the jump into Iraq, um, yeah, uh, we were lucky enough to be, again, it was just like, planning for weeks um when it finally happened um the ruck was a lot heavier because we weren't coming back to where we were oh, we were yeah. in the country for all it was a heavy ass rock man right. luckily um it yeah was, what was the plan i mean if you can go into it like what yeah. what was it to set up that airstrip or was it to yeah, I mean, it was, was uh so was we it was a strategic uh airfield for us and iraq so they were going to and they already did um uh put barriers on the airfield so they um either vehicles that would you know park on the airfield pop the tires they would dump uh sand piles or rock piles on the airfield that's why we had the engineers come with us so we knew we wanted to hold the airfield um to make it as a obviously you know you had the mechanized force just kicking ass going driving balls to the wall into um baghdad and h1 h3 everything was kind of out to the west so that was going to be a, there really wasn't much out there um, for, to sustain. So if we took that airfield, it could be a leapfrog point. It, you know, we jump, secure the airfield, we can run missions out of there, but also like um, they can, we can bring sustainment in there as well. Fuel, okay. Okay. Uh, fuel everything like that. It become a, just a mini hub um, to come from another area, refuel, rearm if they want to make it a FARP as well. And then go to other places in Iraq. Gotcha. So I think that was a big, like the big picture. Okay. <clears throat> Did you guys um, um, meet any resistance there, or did, was it? No, absolutely. Nope. Uh, uh, at least for H now zero. Yeah. yeah. It was just it was just um, the all the runways either they either dug holes in them or they put some kind of barrier in them. So the engineers were super busy. The jump itself was fine. Um, the same thing. Like I. Just, didn't track we were jumping lower than usual um i hit my knees like super bad um did you land on the um on the runway or did you land off no land it off thank god okay yeah um and then assembled uh like we just held security around the airfield honestly for like days um before the engineers could finally have it 100 cleared um the cct was able to do their uh, runway assessments Okay. Um, and then things are start flowing in like, uh, um, right wing assets started flowing in, um, so they can run missions with their customers. Um, we actually had a few A-10s remember come, uh, fly in, probably plan with, uh, those oh, they landed there. Yeah, they landed. it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I have the worst war story. Sorry, man. I know this is <laughs> no, 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 this is awesome. I, the, the fact that's what I love about like, Kind of what we do not we uh, the collective we like uh, the us like we're like we're, we're gonna you know we have the assets we have the means we have the talent to set up something like that in the middle of nowhere you know and bring in anything we want you're bringing like attacked fighter jets into the this austere remote you know remote location um resupplies and helicopters i mean it's just a it's a phenomenal um indication of what we can do you know what i mean yeah. i think it's i think it's awesome so then, how long did you guys stay at h1 
the jump itself was yeah uneventful um started playing things to do um a future emissions uh honestly like the whole time we knew the rest of the battalion was out there um i remember Beagle rolling through to go to the dam i didn't know the significance of it at the time because uh uh like we had a, a, while the dam was going on um we were kind of uh, doing some rap patrols as well uh we just have companies come out uh we stage out of h1 um and then we take platoon the company the company commander would just task platoons to go out um for patrols then just one night uh we went forward to like an oil refinery um and it had like almost the whole company out there at one time uh really i think while we we're out there we uh it was kind of cool I, I had no idea like they had like a, a little town associated like almost like the ore finding workers would work in this little town so we had to clear through there and then onto the ore finding actual we just i think we just sh shut the oil off honestly okay. make sure that it couldn't be used as because i remember captain ryan going he's like hey cool we just cut the oil off to syria and okay. he kind of Running around, I was like, "Is that, is that just is that real?" Yeah, we just did that. Uh, yeah, we were supposed to do that. I guess number one, we were supposed to do that. <laughs> so at that point, we were amassed, and and I lived the company was in a smaller area. So he sent two platoons back to H one, and one platoon stayed out by the ore refinery, and they were doing patrols from there. Um, so I think uh, at that time it was second platoon and. The company CP, so Captain Ryan and Russ, uh, the episode. Um, and then that's where they had the incident where it was April 3rd. Um, so just after the fight of the dam or during the fight of the dam, um, we, they were setting up um, block positions along a road. And then Russ with the company CP was just up a little bit higher on higher ground. Um, and the platoon had blocking positions uh, down on each side of the road, east and west, I think. Um, and then they were letting cars through, but like they weren't, uh, they'd stop just random ones. Um, this one car rolled through one of the uh, blocking positions and then stopped in between the two. And then at, like a pregnantly, well, we assumed it was pregnant. She was pregnant lady. She had, um, but this lady came out, started like, waving frantically looking as everybody just assumed she needed help so uh since they were away from block positions closer to the company cp russ grabbed two other guys uh nino and ryan and uh just walked down to see you know he's like cool they made it through the block position shouldn't be a problem um walked down there like i don't know if she detonated herself and then there was like a sympathetic in the car or the car detonated and but that happened so and then started getting engaged from uh further down the road so it was, it was definitely a coordinated attack okay um, so that was like the kind of the initiation of the amp yeah yeah it was a yeah, huge i was a yeah um so he's already engaged um had to i think uh billy was out there so he brought in aircraft um the gun trucks were engaging uh and then once everything calmed, like no force came up. I think they were just trying to like cause a disruption, see what kind of mayhem they can do. And then, you know, 
um, just cause destruction and, and then, you know, make us uh, uh, deal with it after, which we did. Yeah. And then, uh, so you know, had to bring in uh, flights from H1 to pick up uh, um, the remains. And then at that point we switched out platoons because um, there were a couple casualties. Um, honestly, like my another FO, one of my FOs, um, who's uh, Russ's, who's Russ's FS uh, RTO, was playing his uh, RTO. Um, he got caught in a blast, um, seriously wounded, uh, shrapnel just embedded in his abdomen, you know. Um, but he was lucky, obviously, you know, uh, landed, you know, got eventually shipped to Germany. They, um, uh, we're able to uh, save him and everything, but they said, "This is what he said." I don't know if he's just saying it to, you know, death, you know, self defamation, you know, to make everything, you know, make it feel seem like he's not uh, a big deal. He is because he survived a, a hellish thing. Yeah. Um, but he's like, "Yeah, man," because because at the time it was it was a few weeks in, and we were still eating MREs. And he goes, "The doctor said the only thing that saved me is because I was so impacted from, you know, I couldn't shit." And I was so impacted, like all that shrapnel wouldn't go through me. <laughs> what? <laughs> My view is serious. That is, it's wow. so yeah. So he was he was messing. He's a. He, I think he's retiring this year. He uh, eventually um, he was in rehab for the longest time. He had really yeah. some really bad um, abdominal issues, um, but was able to uh, stick uh, stick out his military career. So that was good for him. Yeah. It's always nice when like guys that, that, that sustain like kind of a serious injury, they, the military is good about keeping them in, especially yeah. like, you know, in the soft community, you know, yeah. I remember, I can't remember if it was when, if we, do you remember, I thought it was when we first got over there, but we, there was like a seal walking around with like a fake leg. Do you remember, do you remember that we're in the mess hall at some place? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you weren't there, but yeah. I just remember looking over and this dude was like, he like had glasses on, head on backwards, beard. And he had like shorts on and then like he had like one leg and he was like, just, you know, going on missions and doing stuff. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. You know, like yeah. that, most guys, most humans, once you sustain that kind of an injury or even that kind of trauma, you're like, all right, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's there like guys like you're talking about guys like I saw and multitude of other dudes were just like, yeah, I'm getting, I got to get back into it. And they were, I mean, it's really commendable when they, oh, yeah. Like that yeah. Just yeah, especially throughout the entirety of the war, like the guys that wanted to come back, and that it, yeah, it's amazing. Like yeah. most of us would like, yeah, most normal people, I suppose, would say, okay, I did, I did my part. But yeah. you know, there's something that and, uh, and to their def to, and in their and defense, they, did. they, they absolutely did. did. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that either. I'm not. Yes. I don't mean to say that you know there's anything wrong with a guy who said uh, that's it. I'm tapping out. Cause that's, a, I mean, I don't know how I would react. I never got injured like that. So yeah. I can't speak to either, either side, but yeah, it's, I, I support the people that say that tap out and like, that's enough getting blown up is enough for me yeah. or losing a limb or an eye or whatever. And then, but I'm also like, I, I hold these other guys in pretty high regard that are like staying in and doing, yeah. you know, I like Mark Hurst who lost his eye and he's like, yeah. Yeah. ended up being a JTAC again and jumping and, you know, just in being a, you know, a senior leader in the career field, you know, just amazing guys like that. 